What's up, everybody? This is Eric with the Strange Matters Podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss all that is bizarre, mysterious, and unexplained. I'm your host for this episode, and I'm joined by Sean. Hey, everybody. So on this episode of Strange Matters, we'll be starting a two-part series talking about some of the most popular and highly debated legends and mysteries in recent American history, the Mothman and Indrid Cold. In this episode, we'll be focusing on the mythical Mothman, and in the follow-up episode, we will be talking about the strange entity known as Indrid Cold, and how the two legends are possibly related. These two enigmas of both the Mothman and Indrid Cold come from the same region, and some have come to believe the two stories influenced each other and perhaps are even directly intertwined. Yeah, Mothman is very well-rooted in popular culture. It's been made popular by movies such as The Mothman Prophecies, starring Richard Gere. Um, That was how I was first introduced to The Mothman. And really just a ton of other books, games, and even some TV series. And as a creature that's often associated with tragedy, as we'll describe, many people from its hometown actually managed to exploit it as a means of attracting tourism as they host festivals about the Mothman and stuff like that. Yeah, there's an annual Mothman festival and they have a statue and everything there, so pretty cool. So in this episode, we'll be going over the history and story of the Mothman and the theories behind it and then our personal thoughts on the legend itself. And we actually recently posted a poll to our Patreon page, and our patrons voted on their favorite cryptid that they wanted us to investigate for an episode. And Mothman actually won out by a pretty narrow margin. However, we have several other cryptids coming along in the near future. And speaking of Patreon, we have a few announcements at the end of the show to tell you guys about. And the topic for this series was suggested to us by our longtime fan, Clayton, One of our oldest listeners who has been with us since the beginning. So big thanks for giving us the idea to look at Indrid Cold and the Mothman. And for being a fan of the show from the very beginning and hanging with us ever since. Thanks, Clayton. Alright, so let's get started with the history of the Mothman. Uh, The Mothman is a legendary cryptid that hails originally from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. With those unfamiliar with the term... A cryptid is basically any creature or being whose existence has not yet been scientifically proven. So these mysterious creatures include the likes of Bigfoot, Nessie, and the Yeti. Over the course of its history, the Mothman has gone from being an obscure local urban legend to becoming one of the more popular mythical creatures in our country. Yeah, and as you as we've mentioned in one of our other episodes, it's interesting to think that Originally, the uh, gorilla was a considered a cryptid before science actually proved its existence, and now it's a creature that we can keep in zoos right. and, and kill and stuff like that. Yeah. Like uh, in the age of exploration, you had all these weird creatures that people had never seen before, so they just naturally assumed that they were made up. Right. But eventually... Some of them were discovered, some of them are still mysteries. Yeah, and as Sean mentioned, that this cryptid was, it's mostly haunted people from a town known as Point Pleasant, West Virginia. People there pretty consistently describe it as being about 6 feet 10 inches tall and having a 15 foot wingspan with glowing red eyes. 
So that's a pretty massive wingspan. It is. Yeah, so that's that's just scary. imagine something like that swooping down on you. So that's what brings the uh, notoriety to this legend. Yeah, horrifying. Now, as for the Mothman, some believe it's a hybrid creature or some type of abomination. Others think that the Mothman has supernatural powers and acts as a type of omen or warning right before a horrible disaster takes place. And still more believe that the whole thing is either just a hoax or imagination running wild. Now, regardless, the story of the Mothman is fascinating and the legend continues to this day. So for now, we'll talk about the history of the Mothman and then follow that up with the possible theories behind it. It, it was more consistently initially reported in the 1960s. And like Sean said, we'll talk about some some theories and how this could possibly have dated back even farther than that. Um, but these weird events surrounding the lore of the Mothman are thought to have first began on November 12th, 1966. And five men were working in a cemetery in West Virginia in the middle of the day. And they were preparing a corpse for burial when they look up to the trees to see a brown-winged figure lift off from the trees and zoom over their heads. The men were baffled because it did not appear to be a bird, despite, you know, taking flight. And so the men just went about their business for the day, unable to produce an answer for what it might have been. As the day went on, more and more sightings would stir the region. And so one important thing to take note of in this initial encounter is that it did happen during the day. So the majority of the Mothman potential sightings took place at night, so you have some room for speculation, which we'll get into later. But this is, you kind of have to give a little bit of stock into this first encounter because, one, it's a group of people, five people, who said that they saw something weird, and it was during the day. So it's kind of hard to mistake something simple. Um, But we'll get into more of that later. And not only that, but it was the initial sighting. So it was the very first, it was before the popularity of it caught on. So on the 15th of November, two couples would encounter the beast as they were driving past a TNT plant in Mount Pleasance, West Virginia. As they drove along, they noticed two large eyes that were attached to a figure that was, quote, shaped like a man, but bigger, maybe six or seven feet tall, and it had wings folded against its back. As the figure began to move toward them, they naturally panicked and sped away in their car. Only a few moments later, as they passed Hillside, they spotted it again. This time, its wings were spread as it pursued them closely overhead. It kept pace with their car, which was trying to escape at what they report is going over 100 miles per hour. That bird kept right up with us, one of the witnesses reported. Many other encounters with the creature would be reported to the local sheriff that night. What's interesting is that the TNT plant was surrounded by a network of tunnels and a wildlife preserve that could, you know, in theory have sustained this creature for weeks on end without even being spotted. Yeah, that's why a lot of people think that the Mothman might have originated, or at least its home base, if you will, was around this TNT area just because it was kind of secluded and it could go in there with being undetected. Several more encounters would happen, one of which occurred at 10.30 p.m. on the same day when a man named Newell Partridge from the area was watching TV, and suddenly the screen went dark. The screen filled up with some strange patterns, and then 
Simultaneously, he heard a strange, loud, whirring noise coming from outside. His dog, who was named Bandit, started barking from the front porch. So he went outside to find out what was going on. At this point, you know, naturally a little bit creeped out. The dog was out towards the barn, facing away, barking at some unseen figure. So he shined a light toward it and saw two bright red eyes that he described as being like bicycle reflectors. As the eyes took off away from the light, the dog pursued and disappeared into the darkness. The owner, too startled to pursue, slept with his gun propped up by his bed, and the next day, the dog never returned. Later on, he was reading about some other incidents that had occurred had occurred in the area, um, as naturally this was causing a bit of an uproar. One encounter with the beast reported that they saw a dog carcass nearby the road. Partridge believed that it could have been his dog bandit. Right, and that part of the story wasn't once again includes a man named Roger Scarberry, who was actually one of the members of the group who spotted the strange bird like thing at the TNT plant, which we just discussed before. Roger said that one time while driving with some people, they were entering the city limits of Point Pleasant, and alongside the side of the road, they saw the body of a large dog. And later in the day, when they were on their way back out of town, the dog's body was just gone. He and his passengers stopped and got out of the car to try to look around for the dog, knowing that they just passed it just a short while beforehand, so they just thought it was unusual that this dog's carcass would just disappear in a matter of minutes. However, they never did find the body or any trace of where it went. And as Eric said, when he heard the story, Newell Partridge immediately thought of his lost dog, Bandit, who he would never see again, unfortunately. So it has been thought that this dog might have been killed by the strange creature that he saw that night, or perhaps the creature moved its body off the road. But once again, so we have several encounters with this strange, huge, winged creature and multiple accounts of it being a menace and being pretty similar in the descriptions of it. Large, uh, very wide wingspan, and glowing red eyes. So, as we mentioned by now, this was a pretty popular concept. It was causing a, an uproar in the this town in West Virginia. And a few days after you know, the Newell Partridge incident, a press conference was held in the county courthouse, and everybody was given the opportunity to come in and kind of share their stories and talk about it as a group. And many of the people were reported as being actually very credible witnesses, like kind of you know pillars in their um, in their community. And as news you know grew from the small area and spread across the world. The mysterious flying creature was dubbed the Mothman, actually after a popular Batman villain at the time. Numerous people reported not only seeing the creature, but also being tormented by it in nightmares, visions, and visitations after their initial encounter. So to me, it's almost like people think it's not only just this being that just exists, but he's actually has these supernatural powers to kind of torment people and follow them around and bother them. Yeah, there's definitely some supernatural abilities of this creature that we'll get into a little bit later. 
some of which aren't limited to, as Eric was talking about, interfering with a person's dreams or nightmares. But the Mothman also indicates that it could have the potential to predict the future. So one of the most interesting and disturbing aspects of the Mothman is that it is allegedly tied to several horrible disasters. And the most popular disaster that is linked to the Mothman is the collapse of the Silver Bridge in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So this happened on December 15th, 1967 at approximately 5 p.m. And the U.S. Highway 35 bridge suddenly collapsed into the Ohio River. At the time of the collapse, there were 37 vehicles that were crossing the bridge at the time, and 31 of those automobiles would end up falling into the cold water below with the remains of the bridge, and pretty much everyone inside of those cars would end up dying. So 46 people would eventually perish in this travesty, and nine more were seriously injured. And as we were talking about, because this was during the time where there was a bunch of sightings of the Mothman going on, people quickly started to connect the two main headlines of the area at the time. Yeah, and, you know, keep in mind with with this bridge collapse, this was, um, you know, a year or two after the initial sightings of the Mothman. Um, There was actually another bridge collapse that occurred in 2007 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this bridge collapsed at its center, killing 13 people and injuring 147 more. Now, you know, why this is commonly reported as being linked with the Mothman, it was only after the disaster that reports of the Mothman started coming in saying that it had been sighted a month before the catastrophe. Most people who had reported seeing the Mothman a month before the disaster kind of attributed it to being some sort of natural creature or a natural phenomenon, you know, like a bird or something that we'll talk about later. Um, However, you know, the Mothman supporters caught on pretty quickly and started to build up the hype with this bridge collapse. Right, especially when you have these two stories that are pretty similar. Um, And as you said, the a person could report that they saw something large flying over this bridge that's about to collapse. And then it, you know, once it ends up collapsing, they tell their story. People connect the dots and say, hey, the same thing happened in West Virginia. So maybe this is the same thing. So could be similarities. Maybe the Mothman just hates bridges. We just don't know. (laughs) So a number of the residents of the area, going back to the uh, Point Pleasant disaster, a number of residents of the area started to claim that the Mothman was somehow related to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Rumors began to spread about this creature being seen all over the area, that perhaps it had something to do with the disaster, possibly influenced it. The story would take off, and soon the legend of the Mothman was tied directly to the bridge collapse. However, as the years went on, the majority of people who believe in the Mothman, they think that the creature itself isn't evil or violent, but rather it's more of a beacon or omen of bad things to come. So rather than thinking that the Mothman is personally taken upon itself to you know, break down the bridge, loosen some screws, and causing things to collapse... The general attitude is that this secretive creature, whatever it is, has an innate ability to detect bad disasters before they happen, and for some unknown reason decides to migrate and visit the area before the disaster and then leaves afterwards. 
though the Silver Bridge is the most popular event involving the Mothman, there are a couple of other well-known disasters that some people think might be connected as well, such as the other bridge that Eric mentioned. One of the other more popular topics is the deadly Chernobyl disaster, where an explosion at a nuclear reactor caused a massive amount of radiation to be released. And we actually did a full episode on Chernobyl a while back, which featured our buddy Chris Stops from the Eastern Border podcast. So go back and give that a listen if you haven't already. Now, after the disaster, there were rumors that numerous people at both the reactor site and in the nearby town of Pripyat that they saw a type of winged creature, something very large, flying around in the days leading up to the disaster. Some workers say that they saw something hovering in the sky above the reactor just before the explosion would set off. And the people who saw this bizarre and mysterious creature flying around would also claim to see it often in their dreams, which again links it to Point Pleasant, where the same people were saying that they encountered this creature, and then later it was plaguing their nightmares. Now, the creature itself was reported as looking like a man-bird type hybrid, also having the characteristic red eyes, and was called afterwards the Black Bird of Chernobyl. Now, though this story does certainly seem to fit in with the M.O. of the Mothman and the descriptions of both the creatures and the events leading up to the disaster are pretty similar, it does have to be noted that this is a fairly recent revelation as tales of the Blackbird of Chernobyl didn't really exist in any records until the early 2000s. So while it is a fascinating tale, the most likely explanation is... In my opinion, that's just a story was created as an urban legend many years after the actual event. Although it is interesting to think that if this were, in fact, the Mothman that was sighted prior to the Chernobyl disaster, this would literally be like an, an international cryptid because it seemed really localized to the Point Pleasant's West Virginia, and there are a few other sightings in the United States, but this is really like expanding the Mothman's turf. Right. Um, so kind of kind of, we'll play into our theories a little bit later about it, what it could be. Yeah, and that means there could be similar stories from people all around the world, but as of yet, you know, their encounters just haven't been linked to the Mothman yet. Now, speaking of the international type thing that Eric was saying, there was another possible sighting that took place in Mexico. And this is a pretty more recent sighting, and it happened in April of 2009, when multiple people in La Junta caught sight of a strange and unexplained creature. And this unknown entity was described by those who saw it as looking like a humanoid, but very tall and hairy, and it had two large wings and, of course, red bloodshot eyes. I'm impressed. Did you actually know that that was pronounced La Junta? Oh yeah, it took a couple of years of Spanish. I was trying to, I was trying to work that one out in my head. I was thinking, La Junta, La Junta, couldn't get it. Yours, yours sounded better than mine. Yeah, it's all right. I'll probably misspeak a few more times about that. So, <laughs> it's it's part of our uh, mo. Yeah. Now, one student in the area claims that this creature actually chased him down the streets on its wings, which is pretty similar to the story of the four people who were being chased by the Mothman while driving in their car back originally in the 60s in West Virginia. It's interesting. Some reporters spoke with the student, and he actually reported feeling a really intense 
what he described as a maximum amount of despair during the chase and after. And it lasted for about 15 minutes. And it's almost as though the creature kind of transposed his feelings onto him, um, which sort of matches the way we've described him with previous encounters, how he's kind of an omen of bad things to come. Um, So just sort of an impending sense of doom kind of scenario. All right. And it could be part of its abilities or powers that if it can you know, kind of creep into people's nightmares and creep them out that way, that maybe just its presence alone just causes this innate fear in whoever witnesses it. Right. I just I just made this connection, but it almost kind of reminds me of the skinwalkers that we did as like one of our first episodes. Yeah. Um, how they kinda how they kinda have this control over your mind and how they can insert themselves into your dreams and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. Probably one of the more disturbing aspects of these type of creatures oh yeah now another encounter involved two people who saw this same strange cryptid while walking in an apple orchard and there were a couple other sightings around the area at the time now as with most potential mothman sightings of course disaster inevitably followed as during this time in the region the winged man was being seen there was an outbreak of the swine flu which caused quite a bit of trouble Uh, The Mothman, or something resembling it, has been seen at a bunch of other disasters all over the world, both natural and man-made, throughout the years. Now, some have even come forward and claimed that they saw a large crane-like figure, but with human limbs, that was flying around the Twin Towers of the Trade Center several days before the attacks of September 11th. So, once again, with all these events, we have sightings of a large creature which is pretty human in appearance, but of course it has the large wings, being seen by locals and followed typically by a pretty bad disaster. It's kind of crazy to me to think that, I mean, if you think of the movie The Mothman Prophecies, that came out in 2002, but the swine flu epidemic actually occurred in 2009, so it's crazy to me to think that when I first watched the Mothman prophecies, probably in the early 2000s, that this is still going. There are still people looking at these disasters and, and seeing the Mothman and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's definitely, whether it's a reality or just a legend, but it is something that's persisted throughout the decades, and it's still going strong today. Now, of course, with something like this, the question is if any of these separate cases are directly related. Is it the same creature that is visiting these places and acting as an omen of bad things to come? Or is each case entirely different and the people aren't seeing the same creature? Or is none of it real and each case is just a hoax? That is what people have been wondering basically for the past 50 years when it comes to the Mothman. So as I mentioned earlier, I watched the Mothman Prophecies when I was pretty young, probably like 15 or so. And at the time, it was certainly creepy to me. I mean, I I remember it keeping me up at night, like not being able to sleep. But it never really stuck. It always just kind of seemed like kind of silly, like a moth and a man. And it it just seemed kind of silly and far-fetched. And so I just couldn't get into it. But now that I've been reading about it, I've come to realize that it is really a huge thing several decades ago. And again, like I mentioned, still is today. So all the sightings were very localized to West Virginia. 
pretty early on, and there were numerous sightings from very credible sources. Um, and since then, it's expanded almost globally. So it seems unusual that this would be a fabrication to me and makes me think that there's definitely something out there. Yeah, it seems pretty unlikely that all this is based off of nothing. There has to be something substantial behind it. Yeah. All right, so I guess in this section, we'll start with the theories. And as with any good possible legend and myth, there are a good number of theories and explanations revolving around the Mothman. Most of these theories can fall into two general categories, basically depending on if you believe the Mothman or whatever it is, is a genuine entity or simply just a hoax or imagination. So we will break down some of the more popular ideas about the Mothman into these two segments and give the for and against explanations behind the reality of the legendary creature. So before we get into some of the more outlandish theories, there are a few explanations that attempt to bring a pretty logical and simple answer as to what was behind the sightings rather than talking about a potential supernatural creature. While some people might believe basically none of this story has ever happened, and none of this is real, and the whole thing is a hoax, there are some pretty simple and grounded explanations. And one of the common theories is that the people who witnessed the Mothman were actually seeing something flying around, but it wasn't a mythical creature. Instead, these people were simply seeing a perfectly normal type of bird. What exact bird these people were mistakenly identifying is unknown, but the common belief is some type of species of crane or perhaps a large owl. Some barn owls can be quite large with a wingspan of between 3 and 4 feet. Also, more notably, some owls also have eyes that seem to reflect a reddish hue when hit by a light, which certainly fits the description of the Mothman that we've seen in multiple stories. Another bird is the Sandhill Crane, a species that can be found in West Virginia, which can be 4 feet tall and has a wingspan of up to 7.5 feet. So to many people, the most likely explanation that is rooted in reality is that if these people were seeing something, it most likely was just a bird, which does make sense in a way if a person is surprised, especially at night, by something big swooping down on them with a large wingspan. They could probably either mistake or exaggerate it for something else. Now when you consider that some of these birds appear to have red glowing eyes at night, it I can see how it's pretty easy to see how that could spook someone pretty bad. Not only is this sometimes associated with, like like Sean said, you know, real birds, these are simple earthly explanations, so like an owl, a crane, it's actually commonly linked to another cryptid known as the Thunderbird. And Thunderbirds go back to the times of the early Native Americans, where they had stories of giant birds that could easily swoop down and pick up a man and carry him off, you know, for dinner. A lot of these Thunderbirds were portrayed kind of in a similar manner to the Mothman, so it's thought that these sightings might actually, that the initial sightings of the Mothman might date all the way back to the 1600s. Yeah, if it could be either a Thunderbird or perhaps a descendant of that creature. Definitely. Or yeah, maybe- it could... Or maybe the the Thunderbird, you know, did what it does. It picked up a man, carried him off, and instead of eating him, 
made made sweet tender love <laughs> made sweet tender love to him and the offspring is what we now have as the mothman that's yes. nice yeah it's kind of similar to the uh the jersey devil origin <laughs> yeah we have these weird creatures mating with humans right that's our um, new number one theory yeah i like it so back to the bird explanation um in my opinion, I mean, it does seem like a pretty logical explanation, especially after the hype of the Mothman sightings, which, you know, made a peak and all these people were seeing it. I think that if people were reading about the Mothman and thinking that there was a strange creature flying around, that they could just see what they want to see and mistake a large bird for a legendary creature. Now, at the same time, though, I do find it a little hard to believe in some of these sightings with multiple people that none of them could recognize a threat as just an owl or a crane, especially when you have some of the early stories, which were five or four people, and all of them see something, and they don't think that it was an owl or a common bird. And I'm more inclined to believe them than for some of the other isolated experiences where it's just one person is seeing something at night, especially going back to the first, which is five people in the middle of the day seeing something. I don't think anybody in their right mind, especially in their group, can mistake a owl or a crane in the middle of the day for a huge creature with a man shaped with wings or something. I don't I don't really see it. <clears throat> I don't really see how that's possible. Yeah, and it goes without saying, you know, when people are scared or we have this herd mentality, things tend to get over exaggerated and a seven and a half foot wingspan turns into a fifteen foot wingspan. But like you said, I mean, with that initial occurrence, you got a bunch of construction workers out there working and it's the middle of the daytime. I don't see one of them not thinking, oh, maybe that was just a bird. And I'm kind of with you on that one. Yeah. So I think that some of the sightings might have just been a case of mistaken identity of a real life bird. Um, But I also think that there is probably something more unknown going on especially at the the origin stories, the first couple encounters. Now, another theory that remains in the more in the realm of simpler realism is that the whole thing is basically just a hoax. Now, there are multiple ways that the legend of the Mothman could have been a hoax. For one, the people who claim to have seen the Mothman, as we're talking about the five grave diggers or the four people in the car, They could have just made the whole thing up or just exaggerated their experience to make it more spooky and unexplained than what really happened. So once again, they saw a bird, they knew it was a bird, but they decided to spin the story and say it was a creature instead. It's also possible that the people who have spread the word of the Mothman embellished facts and straight up just made up stuff to sell the story. So Gray Barker, one of the men originally responsible for spreading the story of the Mothman to a wider audience, has also written material on UFOs and paranormal experiences. Of course, to those who don't believe in that type of thing, they use his other interests to point out that he is not a reliable source and that all the groundwork he laid out on the Mothman is mostly made up. Also, you could say in this theory that maybe these people were seeing something that looked like a winged man, but it was really just a guy in a suit playing a prank on some people at night or during the day. Uh, People have made their own Mothman costumes over the years, so I guess it's not too hard to think that it's, you know, it's not impossible that someone 
did that from the very start just to give some innocent people a good scare. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be a man in a costume. Um, there was a 2004 book that was published by a researcher named Joe Nickel, and he discovered that some workers had gotten together and tied some red flashlights to balloons and released them into the sky. All this took place sometime after the initial sighting of the Mothman. And he also attributed many of the claims to other misinterpretations or illusions. For example, planes, you know, pranks, and then the red eye effect that you can kind of get from other really bright light sources. Yeah, but, I mean, still just going back to the first two major encounters, I don't see anyone mistaking a balloon with, you know, red reflectors in the middle of the day or, you know, how would it keep up with a car at night? Right. So I don't personally, I don't buy into the hoax theory all that much. I think people would generally be able to make out the thing in front of them is either, you know, a guy in a suit or some type of contraption. And it, it also wouldn't explain the sightings of the Mothman flying around in the sky also, if people either made up the whole story or if a guy or several others were behind the Mothman as a prank, I think that the story would have come out over the decades, probably shortly after the experiences. Just if the people did it from the start for the attention, I figured that they'd probably come clean to receive even more attention as being the person who started one of the most popular urban legends in America. It'd probably become pretty well known and you could also use it as a financial opportunity as well. I'm sure there were a lot of sightings that were not really the Mothman. However, you know, just again, kind of the sheer volume of encounters with it and the amount of detail that some of the witnesses were able to go into makes me think that a lot of the encounters were truly paranormal. And I'm sure I'm sure a lot of them were mistakes again, like planes in the sky, etc. Um, however, it all happened, you know, in a relatively short time period and caused a huge stir in the community that pretty quickly spread to the world. So. I personally put a lot of stock in this particular cryptid. Uh, there's another theory that is kind of similar to the hoax idea, but not as deliberate or mischievous. There are some who think that the Mothman was really an experimental suit designed by the military. So basically testing soldiers in armor suits with wings attached to them to turn them into a type of like air-capable mobile fighter, something we typically think of as science fiction. Uh, this would explain both the strange UFO objects seen in the sky around the time, which could be caused by other military aircraft, and the strange outline and wings of the Mothman could just be the flight suit. So it could cause those to see that and think it's a strange beast instead. Uh, Once again, though, I think it's it's kind of a fun idea, but I personally don't buy it at all, as I doubt the military does much top-secret testing around small towns in West Virginia, as well as the fact that we still don't have these type of suits in the modern day armed forces to you know to compare to what people were seeing back in the day so i don't think that this military experiment is a likely explanation either so the next theory is one that crosses the bridge between the more grounded and realistic explanations with the more bizarre and paranormal ones So there is a theory that the Mothman is really a mutant or hybrid type creature. This is similar to when we spoke about the Chupacabra and talked about being a potential science experiment 
It could be that this explanation also works for the Mothman. So with this theory, we have a situation where a unique animal is created, either by natural mutation or perhaps genetic manipulation, and then is spotted by a number of people in West Virginia. So it could just be a freakishly large bird, again like an owl or crane that people have never seen the likes of, basically just much larger than the average bird. And this bird creature could have a more elongated torso, perhaps much bigger legs, which could give it a more humanoid appearance. Right, so my uh, my my thunderbird-human hybrid theory is actually playing together quite nicely. Yeah, it could work. <laughs> perhaps this was, a, you know, if it was done in the lab, it could have been a, a forced experiment rather <laughs> right. than the thunderbird picking out a suitor. But. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think this theory, it could be possible. It takes the most simplest explanation of people seeing birds but then it gives it a nice twist so it makes it so the people who saw this thing were actually seeing something that was unnatural and different so i don't know if this creature is a result of weird genetic tampering in a lab or a military experiment gone wrong perhaps it escaped from a military base or something or it's just a freak in nature it's just some bird that for some reason looks a lot different and is a lot bigger than what the its normal species looks like. But I, I do think that the Mothman could be one of these, you know, once-in-a-lifetime type creatures, either born or released, and it just lived in the area for a while. Yeah, I don't personally cling to this concept of um, laboratory genetic tampering that produces some sort of abomination just because I think if we had this sort of capability as humans, as a human race, you know, there would be other representations of it in in our culture. Like, if we were able to create a Mothman, I'm sure we would be able to do more, like, in, in the real modern, like, society. That's true. With genetic testing. So I think it's more something that was naturally produced or born kind of like Sean was mentioning. And one of the theories that I came across that I think was kind of interesting is that something a little bit more spiritual. So probably one of the most common descriptions of heavenly or hellish beings such as angels or demons is exactly how the Mothman is portrayed. So he's a slightly larger than, or it could be a she, so it, he or she is a slightly larger than normal humanoid figure with very large wings and superhuman abilities. So I think, you know, most people would probably look at the Mothman and say, oh, well, if you have to pick between the two, it's probably a demon. It's got red eyes, stuff like that. However, I could kind of also entertain the concept of it being a representation of an angel. You know, we talked about how it's sort of a premonition to cataclysmic events so maybe it's just trying to warn people cataclysmic events so maybe it's just trying to warn people of you know things that are about to happen sort of a warn people of other sorts of impending doom that would make sense just because it is tied to natural disasters where there are going to be a lot of people killed or die as a result of so you could see how either an angel or a demon you could kind of make the case for both why they would be in the area leading up to the events. Now, one of the 
final theories is that the Mothman is really a type of alien. So in the years preceding and following the Mothman sightings in West Virginia, there were a large number of UFO sightings and people seeing glowing orbs up in the sky all over the region. There was also talks of seeing men in black or secretive government agents that were seen in the area with possible alien activity, and they were seen in West Virginia at this time as well. So because of all this weird stuff happening at the same time in the same area, there are theories that all of it is connected. So perhaps the Mothman was an alien itself, or a type of passenger to one of the UFOs that was seen in the area. You know, all these explanations are pretty much pure speculation. However, it's quite possible that there really is no explanation for what it was. It could be a completely unknown occurrence that we can't even comprehend or understand in our own minds. So, you know, it's obviously it's in our nature as humans to try and understand things that we don't understand but in reality we may not even be meant to know these things it's possible that you know science hasn't even caught up with the strange things that exist in this world or in this universe and that the mothman is just another one of them so um, i think about the marianas trench and all the weird stuff down there that we've never even laid eyes upon so there's just an endless amount of things that this could be it could be exactly as it's portrayed when you google image it for all we know um but anyways this is just kind of one of my favorite cryptids it's a far less well known cryptid compared with like bigfoot or the loch ness monster but it seems so much more real to me yeah especially when you take into all the accounts of the the initial sightings um it seems more likely to me than you know, when the first Bigfoot or Loch Ness is like one person, you know, seeing these things and then they kind of catch on. But here you have, as we mentioned before, a lot of people in the town were seeing something going on and these weren't lunatics or, you know, people that you wouldn't trust. These are, you know, businessmen, people in the community. They were seeing something in the sky. So I find it hard to believe that the whole thing was made up or there was nothing going on. Or even if it was just the the simplest explanation that it was a bird, I'm like, come on! These I think the average person, even if you're in a town and you're like, you hear these stories of, oh, there's a moth creature flying around, I'm still gonna know a bird is a bird. So I think I don't. As you were saying, we don't. We might never know what exactly it was, but I think. As for the Mothman, that there has to be something going on. There was something there, and it's probably unknown. You know whether it's just a freakishly large bird, or some type of alien creature, or some thing that just happened to pop out of another dimension for some reason. Um, I think that there was something there, and it's something unknown. Right, and not only that, but there appears to be sort of a clearly defined event when the mothman really started to surface like with some of other the some of these other cryptids they 
trace back, you know, centuries and centuries. And the farther back you go, the more obscure they become until you're basically like translating a picture of a wall and trying to fit it to whatever cryptid you're talking about. But this, it was like, you know, except for the Thunderbird theories coming from the Native Americans, 1960s, Mothman is there. Everybody saw it in a very localized region. So right. that just makes it a really credible idea to me. Right. And, I mean, as we talked about, there's other sightings of creatures around the world, whether it's the Mothman or a Mothman or just entirely separate. Uh, I don't think we'll probably ever know. But, again, it adds a level of interest to it that it is most well-known for the West Virginia uh, around Point Pleasant, but it could potentially also be involved with other events all around the world. So it could be that this creature, whatever it is, it just happens to be pulled towards these disasters wherever they happen, and some people are just lucky or unlucky, depending on how you think about it, um, to witness it in the time leading up to it. So anyways, I think the Mothman is still one of our favorite cryptids and mysteries and will probably likely remain that way throughout the years. Now, as we mentioned before, we have a couple Patreon announcements to say before we close this episode. We'd especially like to thank our newest Patreon supporters, Cynthia and Eric. And we'd like to let everyone know that we've added a new goal for a Patreon campaign. This new goal is geared towards expanding Strange Matters even more. And once we reach it, we will also be creating some merchandise for the show. So we've had a number of people asking throughout the past year when we're going to start making merchandise. So once we reach our next goal, we will start making shirts, stickers, and other stuff to give out to those who want to help spread the word of our podcast. So to help reach this goal, we've added a third tier to our Patreon page for those who wish to give a little more. And in exchange, we are letting those preferred patrons design their own episode, including picking the topic to cover and letting us know exactly what questions to answer and what topics to discuss within that episode. So if any listeners are interested in helping supporting Strange Matters, please visit our page at patreon.com slash strange matters. Yeah, so thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters. I recently used some of the money we got to get a new, better microphone that'll help improve the quality of our podcast. And, you know, again, we just set this new goal which, you know, once we reach it, we'll start putting together some cool merchandise that we can give back to our supporters. So that wraps up this episode on the Mothman. Again, our next episode will be about Endred Cold, another mystery that potentially is linked to the Mothman, but also comes from the same time and area. If you have your own feedback on the episode, you can write to us at our email, strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have suggestions for future episodes, you can write those to us as well. You can contact and follow us on our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please feel free to leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us to promote the podcast and, and get up there in the iTunes ranks so that we can get more listeners. Until next time at Strange Matters Podcast. Take it easy, take it easy everybody. Take care.